This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And folks, you've heard us talk about it all week. We are so excited to have him back on uh, one of our shows again. Did Ghostbusters Minute with us. We did his podcast, and now he is back because we know the guy lives and breathes Jurassic Park and knows a lot about it. We had him on. Mr. Scott Corelli. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, fellas. Glad to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Scott... You guys just launched, uh, about a week ago, the third season of Back to the Future Minute, did you not? Yes. And, and how- Yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun getting back into it. Um, I, you know, with the first two movies, I think our break was only three weeks or something, because we, we did this silly thing where we were reaching the end of the first movie, and they're like, hey, if we get 50 iTunes reviews by the end of the month, we'll come back early. <laughs> and then we got 50 iTunes reviews by the end of the month and yeah. had to come back early. <laughs> hey. um, so, uh, so, yeah, we enjoyed our break, uh, but now it's, we're, we're back, and, you know, it's a little bittersweet because we know it's the last time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love those movies, and we're really excited to talk about the Old West, and it's been a lot of fun so far. You know what you should do as a follow-up to this is any time, like, the characters Marty McFly and Doc Brown ever showed back up uh, with those actors playing them, you guys should cover that. Like, what was it, Adam, I don't know, Jimmy Kimmel last year? I oh, think, yeah. Had them come back, and it was, it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, maybe this is why we leave things well enough. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. It's always cool seeing the characters you like show back up later on, but maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we maybe. cover a lot of that on on our No Roads Edition podcast, which is like our weekend yeah. edition, um, kind of like what you guys did with your with the Ghostbusters show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I think I think what we've we're, we're going to do is uh, have our series finale be our coverage of Back to the Future: The Ride. Awesome! Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So I think that'll be I think that'll be uh, that'll be our series finale, and I I think I might just look you guys up because I know how much of uh, theme park aficionados you do, you're man. Oh, if you yeah, yeah, I actually have I'm not I was going to say them to you, but I have a few facts about that switch over to the Simpsons ride that I think you guys might find interesting. But I'm going to put those under my hat, and if you need those later, just let me know and. Maybe yeah, can... I, I I think I'm definitely going to bring you guys in on that. I think because we want to sort of have like a little bit of a all stars for that. Uh. Um, series finale, so that would be uh, that would be fun to have you guys on for that. Well, we would absolutely love to do that. So, um, so for folks out there that maybe they're not familiar with Back to the Future Minute, and folks, if you're a fan of Back to the Future, you have to subscribe to this, these podcasts. They're amazing. Uh, could you let uh, our listeners, uh, the Jurassic Park uh, fan base out there, kind of know what it is that you and Nick do over at that show and some of your other projects that you guys work on as well? Yeah, so uh, we have a website called DuelingGenre.com. Uh, it's not unlike – it's Dueling Genre Productions, and it's not unlike Paley Media. Um, we just have like a little bit of an umbrella product, podcast production company uh, where if you go to that site, DuelingGenre.com, you'll find Back to the Future Minute, uh, Harry Potter Minute, and Lord of the Rings Minute, which are done by our, our, uh, our friends that have uh, asked to be a part of uh, Dueling Genre and have their own Minute podcast, which is pretty cool. It's cool having content on our site that I am not in charge of. Oh, I'm yeah. just like, yeah, go do that. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 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 really nice to have new content on the site every day um, that I don't have to have anything to do with. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, those are our minute shows. And then we also have the doctor's companion, which, uh, Nick and I do with, uh, Cassandra from Lord of the Rings minute. And it's on hiatus right now, uh, because we're waiting for the new season to sh- start, uh, because we just had the Christmas special and we're not, they haven't announced a release date, but it's like nebulous spring for the new season. And that could be anywhere. And we don't want to be in the middle of something that we have to stop for the new episode. So we're just, we're just uh, enjoying a little hiatus um, and waiting for the, the new episodes to come back. But there's a backlog of, I believe it's 269 episodes of oh that show. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, that's my oldest podcast. I started that in uh, 2010 when David Tennant regenerated. Oh my God. Um, so you, you've been in this game for a minute, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started podcasting in 2005 before anyone even knew what a podcast was. Wow. So, what show yeah. were you doing back in 2005? Uh, my first podcast was Two Geeks, a Mic, and a Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, me and my friend Ben, and uh, we just started uh, doing like a sort of a entertainment news show from like a geek perspective. And uh, at the time, and this is going to be crazy, but like, and I, I'm going to say these numbers and note that I'm not bragging because they're nowhere near where my numbers are now. But at the time, because there were so few podcasts and everyone was hungry, that show on a bad week had 15,000 downloads. Oh my God. Really? Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. Times have changed. <laughs> it, it's really funny times. because you say the name of that podcast. I swear to God, had I not heard heard it, I definitely remember the name now that you're saying it. I'm thinking like, yeah, around like – how long did you guys do that podcast for? Uh, three years, I think. We got to episode 100 and then he wanted out and I didn't feel – I felt weird continuing it without him. Sure. yeah. Um, so, uh, so I moved on to another show called geek entertainment, which was the podcast that I, I do this whole dueling genre thing where I help out other people because there was a podcast I listened to called geek entertainment, um, with Randy McKinney and, um, he sort of, I sent him an email just being like, what do I need to get into podcasting? And he sent me this crazy long list of like equipment and all this stuff, like, like pros and cons. And he did like price comparisons and like all this crazy, nice stuff. And then eventually when we started doing two geeks, he asked if we wanted to be on the same site as his show. And he just helped me out so much. And then when, um, Randy, unfortunately, uh, like he passed away, um, a few years ago, he had a brain tumor and, um, when he passed away, I just felt like the best way to honor him was to sort of like do what he did for me, right. for other people. Um, and so I try to be that guy for all of these other people who are up and coming podcasters and, and wanting to get into the game. And I do, I bend over backwards to help, um, whoever wants to get into podcasts. So, you know, if you have a podcast pitch and, uh, want to, uh, pitch it to me by all means, and, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely take a listen to it. I mean, that's, that's all what happened with Harry Potter is Gary and Victoria just recorded a pilot and sent me the pilot and, uh, I liked it enough to pick them up. So, well, they've done a great job with that show. The same thing for Lord of the Rings minute. And, uh, I I can really appreciate what what you've done for your affiliate shows over there. It's always nice to hear somebody, you know, paying it forward, how it's been paid off to them, you know? So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we, we we can really appreciate what you guys ever doing genre do. You'll, You'll do a fantastic job. I'm a Patreon supporter and I listen to your extra episodes all the time. And I have to say, that if you're somebody out there that loves podcasts, uh, this is definitely one to look into for Patreon support because there is no 
uh, it, there's never a dry spell for content, you know, with you guys over there. It's like there's something all the time, and, and it's uh, you and, and your co-host Nick, who you know we hope to have on on this show here pretty soon, uh, are really smart guys. Like you're never going to hear just like two people going like, yeah, I like this, uh, yeah, I like that. It's like okay, here's why this is cool. Here's a historical breakdown of why this is cool. And here's the social implications of what's going on with it. Uh, so I can really appreciate what you guys do over there. And, uh, you know, th- thanks for putting out such great stuff because it's always a, a joy to listen to. So. Well, thank you for all the compliments and thanks for listening, Kyle. Oh, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, we can sit around here and compliment each other all day and I can do that. But uh, you guys want to start talking about Jurassic Park? Let's do it. Sure. Okay, let's get into the breakdown. In the previous minute, we saw the guests in the front tour vehicle notice that the water and the glasses in the car was beginning to ripple because of a loud thudding noise in the distance. At minute number 63, we see Tim wearing the night vision goggles and maneuvering to get a good look out of the car window. Tim sees the swinging chain that was previously holding the goat in place. At 63.10, Lex and Gennaro are staring out of the car window with eyes and mouths wide open. There's water trickling inside of the car. At 63.14, the camera pans up to show the glass roof of the car. Lex asks where the goat is. After a few seconds, we see the goat's leg hit the roof window. Thunder crashes and Lex recoils in shock. Gennaro looks up with his mouth wide open. Both gasp. Tim lifts his goggles and looks up. At 63.23, we see the forehand of the Tyrannosaurus Rex dragging itself off of the previously electrified fence. The camera pans up to show the Rex swallow what is left of the goat and turn its head to look into the car. At 62.40, Gennaro looks at the Rex through the goat's blood. As he jumps from the car and runs off, Lex and Tim watch Gennaro run away. Lex pants heavily and says, He left us! He left us! Gennaro runs into a co-ed bathroom stall and closes the door behind him. And thus ends minute number 63 of Jurassic Park. Alright, so Gennaro is a big chicken. And (laughs) leaves the kids in the car at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... I like the fact that we have someone who isn't just straight up like gets attacked by a dinosaur. And we have a man who is like a coward to the point that he's a grown man. He's like crying and probably behaving the way that I would, to be honest with you. I'm not abandoning children, but, uh, <laughs> but he's yeah, it's very realistic. And I really believe Gennaro's fear in this. Um, and that it's uncontrollable. One of my favorite cues in the whole movie is here. And I'm sure you guys are going to agree with me on this. Uh, the, Pacing of the sequence where the goat leg hits the top of the car is a masterclass in editing, yeah. I think. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the pencil trick in The Dark Knight, yeah. how everything is just kind of set up. You see that there's, you know, they, they frame the shot so the majority of the screen is taken up there with that negative space. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you got the rain coming down. It's, uh, it, it, you know, it's really getting intense. Where's the goat? Bam! This gory thing that you were not expecting at all. You haven't seen anything really in the movie up until this point that's been, you know, as visceral as that. Is just smashed down on you. Yeah, but uh, no, that that all that negative space on the uh, bubble on the top of the car. Do you that doesn't just distract you in the sense that like okay, something predictable is about to happen. I know it's going to happen. Or you actually like that? Well, I think it's done masterfully here because you're not given enough time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Camera's panning up, and it happens so quickly. There is a pause between her saying what happened to the goat, and then that leg smashing down on the dome. Mm-hmm. That you're not your brain doesn't have enough time to process. Yeah, I've always. I get. Go ahead. Go ahead. And this isn't a movie like Scream, where sometimes you know, or like a slasher movie, where they play on the negative space to set up maybe. Oh, you think the killer is going to be on the left side of the screen, where we have you know a lot of darkness, and the ingenue was on the right side of the okay, screen. Okay. Okay. And then the killer comes in from See, the right to subvert it. This is one that's kind of like it's all pacing. I've always found it kind of gimmicky. Where's the goat? Here's negative space. Da 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 da. 
But I, what I what I'm seeing now, I kind of changed my perspective on it. And what you're saying, this is like a mean sequence. We have an innocent little goat that we've, whenever we saw it come up out of the ground earlier, we're like, oh no, it's gonna eat the goat, blah blah blah, or whatever. And it's like, yep, it did. And here it is. Here's here's a little bit of that lamb chop for you. Yeah, I find it very satisfying because. Because there's the negative space and you're like, oh, I know what's going to be. I know something's going to be there. And then she says, where's the goat? I was like, oh, here comes the goat. And then there's the goat. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) It's very satisfying. And I I find, um, I mean, you know, here's the thing. You guys, uh, your show and my show share a little DNA because uh, uh, Dean Cundy is also our DP. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a great DP. I'm just I was watching, you know, this minute and and tomorrow's minute and I just like wow, my god, this guy mm-hmm. is a master of director of photography. Um the lighting in this sequence is unbelievable. Um and the the framing is phenomenal and just everything about this because I mean that's the thing is uh you know, Spielberg he likes to get behind the camera sometimes, but a lot of the time, you know, with something like this, he probably just needed to tell Dean Cundy, like, I want you to frame it so that she's in the frame and then there's the frame within the frame with the with the with the bubble and then, you know, it comes in there and he's like, Okay, I'm just gonna make what you just described look like the best thing you've ever seen on screen. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I don't know, have you ever seen the uh, storyboards for this scene? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think there's a sequence out there, Brittany. Didn't we watch a sequence on YouTube one time? And it's, it's the I think it's the storyboards of this scene in particular. And mm. uh, Spielberg's one of those guys where sometimes you look at his movies and they almost look like a storyboard being played out in real life. What happens in this? Uh, this is where the Tyrannosaurus Rex attacks. Yeah, but then yeah. the storyboards you're talking about, that's different. Uh, is it? I'm pretty sure we found the storyboards for this. Yeah, yeah. They, they were out there somewhere. I know that we've watched the uh, claymation versions of it okay so anyway but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we found him out there but it was like with a temp track underneath it and some like really bad sound effects so anyway but uh but dean cundy is a genius i'm basically tacking on what scott's saying okay yeah about his use of lighting and everything and especially the shot after the goat leg where the camera pans up you see the ten thousand volts the tyrannosaurus rex like hand on it and then it pans up through the car you see everything's still kind of obscured by the rain and the blood from the goat kind of running through that and then it goes it's like it's almost like through I think like the car window and then it pans up over the car to your first shot of the Tyrannosaurus Rex head. Yeah, and you know, I look back on it now and I kind of think like okay, there could have been a little bit more brush in front of the T-Rex head in the camera and given it a little bit more, but it's like but no, it's like now's the time for this reveal. You know, you've waited this entire movie through all this marketing, everything. Here it is. We're going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And um, and it isn't, you know, piece by piece. You get the the goat leg, you get the hand coming off then its head and then boom, the whole thing yeah. uh, and there's a lot of information being you know like given to the audience by that you see the hand or i don't know if it's actually called a hand or not his paw or whatever yeah, yeah. his hand is on the ten thousand volt sign mm-hmm. showing that he can touch the sign there's no electricity yeah there's nothing to stop him from coming through there then it continues to go up to be like oh yeah this is a very very tall animal you're looking at here as well mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is actually on purpose or not but i saw a lot of people making comparisons in the motion that the Tyrannosaurus rex head does is being identical to the raincore in Return of the Jedi, when Luke first sees it, when it snaps the bone in its mouth, kind of like snaps it, and then it slowly turns to the camera to focus on it. So he's scarfing down the the goat, and then he kind of turns over the... Or excuse me, she. Excuse me, she. I'm sorry. She. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so uh, this is... 
uh, I think one of the more iconic, it's really cool that we have you on here, Scott, because I think we get two of the most iconic moments in the movie here, the goat leg, and then when you actually first see the Tyrannosaurus Rex in full in the next minute. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I, I love, okay. So let me, we, we should just, I need to preface this by saying I didn't ask for this minute. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you guys just asked me to be on and this is the minute I got. And I, I I'm going to tell you a story because it's weird that I'm on for this minute. So after seeing Jurassic Park in the theater, um, I was probably eight, I think. I think I was like eight years old when this came out. Uh-huh. Um, and I saw this in, in theaters, and this scene scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and, uh, and I, because of what happens to Gennaro, I would not go to the bathroom with the door shut for like a year. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> So this movie yes. had the same effect on you, the people that wouldn't go swimming because of the shark and jaws, right? Yes. It was a combination of this. And do you guys remember that show, Salute Your Shorts, that Nickelodeon show? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there was an episode uh, about this, this like creepy ghost thing called Zeke the Plumber. And it was the same year as Jurassic Park. And it was just another like toilet related horror thing. And I just... <laughs> The combination of the T-Rex and Zeke the Plumber, it was just I never wanted to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so were, were you feeling a little bit of flashbacks when you, when you had to watch this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just funny. I was like, oh, of course I get this minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys think that Steven Spielberg has something against attorney, uh, lawyers? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's like Gennaro's played uh, like as such a chicken in this movie. Lawyers can make for good humor. The idea of lawyers, if you look at Hook, there's all kinds of jokes made about the fact that he's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's, there's this. Uh, I don't know that the fact that he's a lawyer per se has anything to do with the fact that he's about to get, you know, eaten. But, um, but it's constantly, you know, his whole place in this is the legal side of things, the legal implications of everything that could happen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Steven Steven Spielberg is a guy who he's like a big kid and and he likes to have fun and he doesn't like things getting in the way of his fun. And I'm sure he's had a lot of experiences with lawyers getting in his way from having fun. And I mean, take a look at the name of the shark in Jaws. He's named after his lawyer. (laughs) We all know what happens to that thing. Right. So, uh, so Scott, you said you were eight years old when you first saw Jurassic Park, and I'm sorry, I probably should have led in with this question into the show, but uh, is this a movie that holds a, kind of a, a high place in in your canon of films that you love? Oh yeah, I mean, this is. Um, I mean, I'm I'm I am uh, I'm a massive Jurassic Park fan, and I I always have been. Like, even though I was I was scared to use the bathroom without the door being open, um, but. <laughs> I, I loved uh, Jurassic Park because it was, you know, a combination of things. Like, one, it was Steven Spielberg, who I, even at eight years old, I knew that I loved him. And uh, it's dinosaurs, which is cool. And then it's uh, theme parks, which I have always been a huge fan of. And I know that we, we share uh, that, that obsession. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. So it's really got all of those elements built in to make it a kid's – or something that kids are really going to take, too. All right. Perfect. Elements. Right. I keep going. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. So, you, so yeah, no, uh, Jurassic Park. I mean, it, it just it means a lot to me. And I remember seeing uh, the Lost World like the day that it came out and being really, really excited and thinking that I really loved it for a really long time. <laughs> um, and then and then second guessing the whole ending thing, because it's like, how do you even come back from 
yeah. uh, a, a T-Rex like wandering through the city. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it, and I pretend Jurassic Park 3 doesn't exist as I think many people do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I just, I love, I love the Jurassic Park series and Jurassic Park specifically. I mean, my, my favorite parts in Jurassic Park are actually before the dinosaurs show up. All of the theme park stuff yeah. is, uh, that's all my favorite stuff. And um, I think one of the, one of the big uh, letdowns that I do have about Jurassic World, which isn't many because um, I'll be honest, if you guys ever end up talking about Jurassic World on like a Patreon episode, you need to have me on because I feel like I have a perspective on that movie that not uh, many other people share. Um, and uh, I just I think that movie is a blockbuster masterpiece. Um, really? Oh, you know, yeah. that's, it's funny you say that because I have talked to a few people and I'm, we would love to have you on when we eventually do that for a Patreon episode. Uh, when Brady and I saw that movie, I came out of it pretty sour uh, for the most part. But I have run into a lot of people that really, really enjoyed that movie and have a high opinion of it. Can you kind of just give us a, a quick overview of why you think it does what it does so well? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, I think that. Jurassic World in in the way that um, here I'm going into screen screenplay theory. Uh, prepare yourselves. Oh, please, um, please. <laughs> so in the way that the theme of Jurassic Park is life finds a way. Um, Jurassic World is doing the life finds a way uh, theme, but they're do it's doing it um, metatextually because what Jurassic World is actually about is about how you can't beat the original. Um, and it's about Colin Trevorrow being like, this is dumb. We shouldn't be making a sequel to Jurassic Park. This is stupid. You're all stupid for making me do this. But if this is going to happen with or without me, I would rather it be with me so I can make the argument that no matter what stupid thing that you create, the original dinosaurs are going to take it down because nothing beats the Damn, original. Dude. I, you know, I have to give it to you. That's actually a really good that way movie, of looking at it. It also has some other elements at it about like, you know, uh, how commercialism can play too big a part in something. And that's why, yep. you know, they have all the stores along main street and all this. And, and yep. that's what it kind of, how they got around saying it's okay that we have Mercedes all over our movie. I would love yep. to have you come on and do some sort of a special Patreon type thing to express more of that idea because that is definitely fascinating to me and i would love to hear that expanded upon i think our listener our patreon listeners would too yeah but, i would um, i would be delighted because i love that movie awesome awesome well yeah. look i've got uh speaking of you know the effects that this could have on someone going to the bathroom why the hell is there a bathroom right there okay so we were talking about this right before we started recording the show here right now we're watching the clip real quick and it never occurred to me before that muldoon has just said we need locking mechanisms on the doors and there is a public restroom right there that people can go to. Outside of where the most like horrifying, feared creature that has ever roamed the face of this planet will be watching and scaring you, apparently. And you're expected to walk 40 feet somewhere? No, it's for the zookeepers. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes total sense. I'm not, I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> it's, an, it's an employee restroom. See, I was thinking it was just like... Another sign of like engines, just kind of like lack of planning, well, yeah, you yeah. Know, like kind of like, oh, don't worry, our electrical fences will never fail. That will never be a problem. So yeah. wait, you really think it's just for like the staff, the employees? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a really... junk restroom. It's it's yeah. made out of like wicker. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. Yeah. It's it's not a nice rest. Like it's not a nice restroom. It's it's yeah. a junk. I mean, it's very hastily put together. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not even a bathroom that's meant to stay there. Like it might just be like the, a porta potty yeah. kind of thing for this 
period of time when the when Jurassic Park isn't open to the public because yet. it's got the Tyrannosaurus Rex sign outside of it and uh, oh okay I just always sort of assumed it was for like okay we're gonna take a break now on the tour in case anyone has to go <laughs> yeah it's, it, you it's kind go, of like you know go. you're not supposed to tap on the snake cages you know in the, at the zoo it's like you should, probably shouldn't get around and walk <laughs> around outside of this animal whose vision is based on movement yeah, yeah, exactly. but like you're saying it's it's so uh, hastily put together I'm surprised that Gennaro wasn't being rained on the whole time that he was there on the toilet you know, because as soon as the Tyrannosaurus Rex like hits it even slightly, the whole thing just falls no. apart around him. You know, it's like made of palm trees. Like, <laughs> yes. I, was like, I don't understand what this thing is. It's like it's like a, a very poorly made tiki bar bathroom. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, this this question has semi been answered for me after 20, <laughs> 24 years. Um, okay, there's another thing. Whenever uh, they're looking out of the car and Lex says, "Where's the goat?" Um, the shot that's got Lex in the foreground, Gennaro in the back, there's like water drops like coming in on the far right of the screen, like inside of the car. Have either of y'all ever noticed that? I didn't. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's really strange. I, you know, whenever they're, they have like big camera equipment into the side of a car, normally there's not a side of a car there. So I'm just assuming that's where the, the coverall or wherever it was, there was the fake studio rain kind of getting in. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious. It's like right there in my face, but... Speaking of that rain, I just want to take a moment to to kind of sing the praises of Spielberg for making the choice to not put any music underneath this entire scene. Yep. Uh, and just let the the sound of the rain kind of like lull you almost into a hypnotic state before you really are starting to hear the sound of the gate screeching as it comes apart. And then, of course, the you know iconic sound of the Tyrannosaur screaming. I think a lot of other directors would have put even like you know just a little bit of music underneath this, and he was bold enough to say, you know what, let's just let the Foley artists do their job here. Uh, this I, I think the storm in this movie is almost like a character in it as well, and it really kind of plays a large role here. The uh, the music in Jurassic Park, uh, and this is something that I noticed because I I when I was it it was it was it. I noticed this by accident because, you know, I was teaching a screenwriting class last semester and I taught a class on Jurassic Park and theme in Jurassic Park. And while I was watching the movie, taking notes on for, for my lecture, uh, I noticed that one of the things about Jurassic Park and the music specifically is that there is no music in this movie unless the characters are either relaxed or on the move. Hmm. If it's tense, there's no music. Yeah. I can only think of one example uh, where there, there is music. It's in the uh, kitchen. But even the music there is still, it's not, you know, in your, in your, in your face. It's but kind but of they, they are on the move at that point. It just kind of like to further drive Oh, it's action. supposed to be still you know, like, like right when, here. When, yeah. like, I think what Scott, what you're saying here, if I'm understanding correctly, is when everybody's sitting around waiting for something to happen, they just let the sound Like effects. literally physically on the move is right. what you mean. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of sound, I just want to say real quick, uh, we, we do have the effect in this movie, kind of the iconic shot, uh, or the effect in the scene, of the glasses of water vibrating, and which mm-hmm. was all over the advertising for this movie when this happened. Do, y'all, do, you, do you guys remember yeah. that in the trailers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like the big the thing. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently what that the way that they came up with that idea is the guy who was doing a lot of the visual effects in the movie, and I forget his name was sitting in his car yeah. at a, at a stoplight and had his bass up really loud mm-hmm. and was listening to something. And like, you know, he had like an 808 bass drop where we're like, Ooh. and then he looked up and his rear view mirror was shaking. And mm. uh, I think actually it's written in the book 
that it happens that the mirrors shake and he, they couldn't figure out how to make this effect happen and he's like sitting at the stoplight and he looks up and like there it is so, <laughs> it was actually a um, Spielberg was listening to Earth, Wind and Fire in his car and oh, so that and, and, but he commissioned the guy to do it and the guy he could not come up with a way to do it until like the night before and had a uh, guitar string attached to the bottom of the dash okay so we're, we're talking about two different effects we're, you're, you're talking about the actual water ripple is from the a guitar ripple, string yeah. Yeah. oh 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 the, uh, the, okay, yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, no, but there are two different things you're right so the, the glasses mm -hmm. happen first Gennaro looks up and sees him that was done with the bass and then I don't yeah. know if it was actually in the car or not but I wonder if they were playing a song uh, Probably what, not. What, what do you think they would have been playing? Oh, shit, what's it? Uh... Well, it'd have to be uh, Walk the Dinosaur, right? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Isn't there a restaurant in the Animal Kingdom Park at Disney World where they play that song in loop uh, around the dinosaur ride? thinking of one in Disney Springs, and it's called... No, no, no. I swear to God. And they were playing... Um... Oh, yeah. It used to be McDonald's. Everybody's doing dinosaurs. It was, it was like, like R.E.M. Yeah. into the world. And all these dinosaur themes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, yeah. anyway. so that was from the uh, that was from that the dinosaurs. Like they came out with like a music album, right? That that TGIF show. Oh my god! The Jim Henson dinosaurs. Did they come out with an album for that show? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did, and that was on it. Really? I, I, yeah. That that show was I kind of think a little bit ahead of its time when it came out. It was. It was oh yeah. Pretty funny. Do you have you seen the the final episode for it? Oh, of course. Brady, yes. Do you know about yes. this? No, no. What happened? Life. So, so the final episode of the show, since you haven't seen it, Brady, uh, is the coming of the cold age of uh, the ice age uh, that killed all the dinosaurs. It's kind of yeah. like all. I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Scott, but either there's a meteor coming down, or all the volcanoes are going off, and they realize there's like a layer of ash or ice that's about mm -hmm. to cover the earth. And the mm -hmm. last little bit of it is them sitting around together, huddled as a family, wondering about what they're going to eat now that all the plants are dead. And then it just starts to roll the credits over. There. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, it, it ends with the death of all of the characters. Good Lord, <laughs> yeah. and not in a happy way. Oh, you want to know? No, when they got canceled, they were just like, oh, oh, we're yeah, canceled. We <laughs> <laughs> they have a scorched earth policy. In yeah. yeah. Sometimes. yeah. Well, uh, when, when ALF got canceled, the final episode of ALF was ALF being uh, actually confronted and collected by the CIA. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, and then they, they pick it up from there when they did the ALF TV reunion movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. It's crazy. Well, I'm glad he came back. I guess. But it, yeah. it, but Sitcoms used to be weird, you guys. Oh, yeah. Real weird. <laughs> they did. You know, uh, you mentioned something earlier about um, the, the brilliance of not having any music in the sequence and how much more effective that makes everything. There's a documentary I really, really, really enjoy called The Cutting Edge about uh, movie editing. I've seen that. Dude, it's great. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I watch that all the time. But And I don't remember if they use Jurassic Park as the example. I'm pretty sure they use something else. But um, they do talk about how holding back uh, from using score is it can be so much more effective, and uh, mm -hmm. so it just kind of goes to your point about the uh, you know lack of soundtrack and less characters are on the move or sitting around. Yep. So, yeah, that's all I got for this minute, y'all. That's all I've got as well, Scott. You have anything else for minute number sixty-three? Not for this specifically. I have other things I want to talk about, but I'll save it for tomorrow. Okay, awesome. Well, we will be back, folks, tomorrow for minute number 64. Scott has been generous enough to join us again for another show, and we're very happy to have him here because this has been a lot of fun. I could probably continue to sit here and talk about this stuff or just uh, 80s TV sitcoms for, for another hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, we'll get on to, to tomorrow's episode. So, Scott, before we head out on today, can you just let everybody know where they can find you on the Internet? Yeah, uh, DuelingGenre.com is the website. That's where you'll find all my podcasts like Back to the Future Minute, The Doctor's Companion, and, and you'll find links to our Patreon and stuff if you want to get 
uh, in on any of those uh, bonus episodes that we do, like not writing and things like that. We have a we have a podcast that's just exclusive for Patreon. Um, so uh, so you can go check all of that stuff out. Um, plus, uh, Dueling Genre is where you can find actually the short films that I wrote and directed. Um, there's uh, there's two of them on there under the film section. So uh, go check that out. I have a new one coming out uh, next month, I think. Oh, very cool. Um, so uh, so go uh, go check those things out. And then, of course, Geek by Night, which is my pride and joy. It's an original uh, audio drama, like podcast series. It's like a scripted podcast series with actors and, and everything. Um, and I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll talk more about that tomorrow, but yeah, check out all of that stuff. And of course I'm on Twitter and, uh, Facebook and all those things. And I'm just, I'm, I'm at Scott Corelli pretty much everywhere. Instagram, all of that. I was lucky enough to get my name, um, which is, uh, nice. <laughs> Fast I acting. I don't have to be the Scott Corelli. I can just be Scott. <laughs> the real Scott Corelli. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow uh, with Scott. Uh, I'm Kyle, and you I are. Ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and until next time, hold on your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute and twitter.com slash Jurassic Minute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Pele Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pele Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Pele Media. Media.